Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on, on iTunes, uh, and we're on social media at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. That's our Facebook page. And on Twitter, we're at pwcomicsworld. So, this week on More to Come, the comics year in review, and looking ahead to 20, 2014. So, let's get right to yeah, it. Well, Happy New Year, happy, everybody. Yes, Happy yes. Holidays and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's already 2014. Uh, let's get right to it. So, the biggest stories of the year. Um, yeah. I mean, I think this is going to be a little bit of a grab bag for us here, but who wants yeah, to start out? I think out? there was no one big overwhelming thing that mm-hmm. changed radically, mm-hmm. um, well, with I, one exception, I think. But um, Well, yeah. I feel like um, as... I mean, the sales went up this year of graphic novels and manga. Uh, we saw a lot bigger market share going to uh, indie producers. Yes, that's right. That the pie is getting bigger. Well, I would call it non-big two because I think non-big yeah, two. That, that, that's a very good but point. But yeah. indie people got it too. Yes, mm-hmm. anyway, yes. non-big two. You're and right. certainly the image as a brand as a um, that that kind of drives people into stores uh, seems to really have really made a mark this Absolutely. Year. And yeah. you know, a lot of it is spearheaded by The Walking Dead, which mm-hmm. continues to be an absolute Absolutely. phenomenon. It is the number one rated show among viewers mm-hmm. uh, age 12 to 35. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for young young TV viewers, it's the number one show, and it continues to be a huge cash cow for Image. The books continue to sell. Yeah. Um, you know, it's driving the way, but they followed up on that in an incredible way. You know, Saga was also the absolute sales Titan, Titan. Um, <laughs> yes. you know, it's store after store, just, um, you know, amazing sales. There are two books out. They're both uh, sold thousands of copies. And um, just proof that there's life in them, they're pamphlets. And, yes. and Image really <laughs> followed up on that with uh, books like Lazarus by Greg Rucka, um, you know, Velvet, uh, East of West by Jonathan Hickman, and, and on and on and on. I mean, they had a, mm-hmm. lost a huge slate this year. Um, by new and... and um, an established, uh, established and newer creators, uh, you know, Pretty Deadly by Kelly Sudakonic and uh, mm-hmm. Rios and uh, yeah, Kate. Could you could you lower your mic just slightly oh. closer to your mouth because it's not picking up as much because it's not close to your mouth. There, okay, great, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, go on. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why we have a, a sound check. <laughs> we had a sound check, but but your your number your your like little waveform got tinier and tinier, okay. and something happened. I don't know what. All right, these things um, happen. And. Yeah, uh, and once I hear a lot of people um, going into the stores, getting excited again because of Image Comics from creators who they have known and loved in the past for for more mainstream comics, and um, you know who maybe have gotten tired of say superhero comics, but when they hear that you know Brubaker has a spy adventure or you know Brian K. Vaughn has a space opera. They're like, you know what? I will go to the store and buy that. But I I think really what we saw in 2013 was a continuation of something that happened in 2012, which is really just that the pie has gotten bigger. And, I mean, retailers had their best years ever. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. there were always exceptions, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everybody had the great year, which I'm sure we'll get to. But, um, you know, overall, the pie was bigger. Sales were up to the biggest levels um, in, in the decade. And... 
you know, it wasn't driven by one thing. It was driven on all different fronts, from yeah. all different. Even manga had a little bit of a comeback. Absolutely. Um, and one, I think one reason for the pie getting a little bigger uh, is the, 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 the new readers at Digital Comics seem yes. to be bringing yes. into, the, into yeah, our wonderful community. Uh, um, uh, Comixology has kind of established himself really as the face of Digital Comics. Uh, he was one of uh, PW's notable persons of the year, mm-hmm. just because of the role that Comixology has played in making digital comics uh, a part of uh, your reading habits now. Yeah, uh, I mean, digital comics, the the percentage of comic sales that are digital comics has just gone way up. Right. And it's understandable. You know, people who do not care about comics enough to go into a store, but care enough about it to buy a specific thing they've heard about, can now get it immediately. Right. You I have know. that com- that com- that, uh conversation at a comic book store where oh we're out of that or we've got back issues but they cost six dollars like you're just like screw it i'm going online and i i think it's you know people expect instant online access to everything they buy and that includes comics and comicsology has made that more or less uh possible and everybody followed in their suit i mean you know with one or two teeny tiny fading exceptions (laughs) um you know pretty much uh, you know more and more publishers are, are day and date and um, you know, this yeah. was thrown into relief by a story that broke just at the end of the year, where it was revealed that Marvel has actually not even been selling yes, on newsstands for good two point. years. Very, Nobody noticed, yes. <laughs> and, and 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 that they they are have withdrawn them from bookstores. Uh, for, Which also nobody really yeah. noticed well, for about three months. <laughs> right, right, right. Although I will say, pretty much a lot of these books are in in the stores, and um, yeah. so you know, it's like they're still sitting there, basically. Well, I mean, I think it is that that. I mean, really, who buys floppies that aren't Archie from a newsstand right. or from a bookstore? People Parents buy trying gra- to shut up a crying kid, most likely. But otherwise, people, no, you're absolutely right. People it, buy floppies from comic book stores, yeah, yeah. and they buy <coughs> book form comics from bookstores. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's and, a and reasonable you know, thing. Yeah, Marvel and DC have both um, not even tried... Well, Marvel in particular hasn't even tried that hard to have media tie-ins with their with their books. I mean, you know, you'll see a MacGyver comic book, which hasn't been on the air in years, but, you know, there's not a S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book, uh, which is on TV right now. So, I mean, the idea of the... Although, uh, I, I will say, but, the, but then they don't market it this way, right. which makes no sense, that they, um, they made Secret Avengers um, sort of feel more like the movies and the S.H.I.E.L.D. television show, but then they didn't market it that way to people, right. so right. nobody knew. Well, they have no, but the Marvel certainly has no interest in that. Now, you know, DC tried it with Arrow. They had a digital mm-hmm. comic based on Arrow, which was very successful. Well, actually, it was out on the stands in paper, too. Yeah, but then they canceled the paper edition, so... Um, um, well, because probably the market for a Arrow tie-in comic is the digital market, not... People who go into comic stores and know what Green Arrow is but, really but, like. But the, you know, this is just to tie into what what you were saying about how people don't look for things aside from Archie comics on the newsstand anymore. I mean, it's like it is natural when you see something you like to say, "Oh, I want more yeah. of that," and they go online. Absolutely, right? You know, yeah. well, they, they go to a not, comic book they store. They do not go. The culture has changed, and the impulse buy is a digital buy yeah. more often than okay. not, I mean, uh, I, at least on the floppy side. I mean, I, I feel like the newsstand has been dead for 20 years for anything that's not Archie or, you know, Simpsons or something. Um, And that really, that digital is the new newsstand. Oh, there's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, you, you mentioned it in your your story, I think, yeah, also. But, yeah, and uh, quoting from Dan Buckley. Yeah, and people have been saying that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is the year that proved that having a digital stand could lead to success for, uh, for everybody. Yeah. You know? 
And those of us, uh, if you look at the comment files on the story you did about the, <laughs> the, the end of the news tale saying, um, guys my age, and no doubt some women as well, uh, lamenting uh, how we got comics. I mean, that's how I discovered comics when right. I was a kid. Every week you went to the newsstand, and that's what you did. And I won't even say the prices because yeah. it dates me even more. Well, I mean, even when I was a little kid, the way I first was exposed to comics was the spinner rack at the yeah, grocery sure. store mm-hmm. with the Harvey Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but the spinner rack left, and Harvey Comics died, and, you know, it's yep. just not a consistent way to get comics you want. I'm amazed that Harvey Comics were around when you were a kid, Kate. Actually, well, I was a little surprised yeah. at that, well, too. I, I was like, I don't know, five. Yeah, but, but still, I mean, you're just a kid. I was a little so. surprised when you said that, too, yeah. but there you go. Well, I Harvey could've... Comics died later than you think. I know, exactly. That's, well, you know. Uh, but uh, but I, I think what's also important is that um, the growth came not at the expense of the big two, because they remained pretty stable, sales-wise. Well, well actually, um, Marvel and DC swapped places a couple times throughout the year, which um, reinforced the trend started by New 52 that Marvel is not always on top and is now having to fight a little bit more for its market share, which is healthy. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but basically, the two of them were up there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it, it just it came as, as we're just saying. It's like more publishers were getting, were getting more attention. I mean, Image had a smashing year. Mm-hmm. Um, IDW had a great year. Mm-hmm. You know, Boom Comics definitely had Good a huge year. year, you know, with the acquisition Archive. of Archive. Yeah. I mean, like, um, if, I, if is, I may just throw in another kudu for, for Image, um, something that I thought was bizarre and, uh, and sort of pointless, ImageCon, Actually turned out to be really smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, they really sort of they just set themselves up to be the only game in town. And yeah. you know what? The cameras showed up. The mm-hmm. reporters showed up. They got great coverage coming out of it. Well, and DR and free comics. Uh-huh. Yeah. So feeding back into the digital issue here, I mean, they really kind of been out in front on just so many things. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do feel like DRM free is the way to go because I mean, frankly, a lot of the expense and hassle of formatting digital files is trying to come up with some way to keep people from stealing it that won't break the file. And more often than not, it, it you know, does break the file or people don't like it. And it's kind of pointless. Right. So to just be like, screw it, we're just not going to put it on it, 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 it adds a feature. Well, I, what, And lowers your price. What will be interesting looking forward really is what happens with... You know, the last few holdouts and with Comixology itself. I mean, Comixology has been really set up to be, you know, a very big player. I mean, it's the new diamond. Um, I in uh, with a just, little more access. With a little more access, <laughs> but just before uh, New York Comic Con, they held a big kind of you know media day, and, and yes. it was the sort mm. of thing that you do when you're looking to set yourself up for a sale or an acquisition and everything. And, and you know, there are a couple storm clouds on the horizon because it looks like Marvel is actually going to set up their own app, and whether they'll pull mm. out of Comicsology entirely. Well, Marvel has its own app. Well, right. right, but they're looking to really, you know, this is all on the rumor basis. But yeah. if you look at Marvel, it's powered wanted, by Comicsology anyway. Yeah, yeah, but they're looking to have their yes, own. Yes, I know they are non, looking to do their own. So, I mean, how will that affect comicsology? Is that going to be a body blow? Marvel did this before with Heroes World, and mm. it almost destroyed the comics industry. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to happen this time, but it's definitely going to have an effect. And if you look at the one company that isn't on the comicsology right now, Dark Horse, I mean, I really do think that they're lagging in, in a lot of regards. I well, think a lot of people believe that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think the thing that sets comicsology apart from Diamond and actually paradoxically gives them a larger market share, is that they don't demand exclusivity. Yeah. You yeah. want to put it on Comixology, you want to put it somewhere else, that's fine. They don't care. So people don't feel locked in. Right. They feel like, okay, I can have my own app and have Comixology, why not? 
And, so, and, and I think that helps them. Yeah. So I think that makes it less likely that they're going to have a problem when um, produ- publishers try to have their own apps because I think publishers, even if they try to pull things from Comixology for a little while, are not, since it's not exclusive, are not going to give, going to give up that sweet, sweet Comixology money right. and are going to put their stuff back on. Well, we'll see. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Marvel, Marvel has the... the uh, the, the media profile, the the market profile, mm. to maybe pull it off. The problem is, you know, Dark Horse and some of these other publishers who are not may not be on there. They're hurting. I mean, yeah. they're not going to get the kind of traffic that no, Comicsology gets and I mean, no way at all. It's like people don't want to go to, you know, Amazon and uh, Zazzle and yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, they might go to something that's they just might Marvel. Go to something that's more specialized. Yeah. but you know. But it's hard to see how. I mean. Well, I mean, I remember, has really aggregated a market yeah, in, in exactly. really a big way. So, just because sorry, no one else good. was anywhere near as good in jumping in when they mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember in the earlier days of digital comics, gosh, a whole three years ago, <laughs> that it was really irritating that frequently to get a lot of comics, you'd end up they'd end up being their own app sitting right. on your desktop, right. and you'd be like. But I'm done reading this comic, and I don't want to get rid of right. it. But I, I don't want it sitting there. I have at so me. many of those actually. I need to clean them off my phones on my iPad. It's really annoying. Um, so something like streamlined, like Comixology, won out in people's hearts over the independent apps just because of the convenience of it being stored away in a library. You didn't need to think about right, right. Well, I mean, there is a t- trend towards consolidation. I mean, like there are, of course, all these. Um, you know, specialty online retailers for every single thing you can possibly imagine. So, but but you know, still the big players are the big players because they offer everything. So anyway, well, one other key uh, yeah. element uh, of the last year on the digital side uh, that involves Comicsology as well is um, uh, Comicsology Europe, and uh, which is an also kind of a big deal. So I think their Comicsology's reach mm. globally is really critically yeah. important, uh, not just for English language American comics, which it was doing all along, but now as it moves into foreign language com- comics, but also the deal uh, with Comixology Europe to distribute this uh, titles uh, in Europe. Uh, in my conversation with, um, uh, with Viz, they, they talked about how they've got to break out Europe uh, country by country because mm-hmm. of the regulations. But I think the big move, obviously, is going to be when Viz goes on Comixology yes. in North America. That's going to be huge. And that'll be huge. Uh, we're going to see that seems where they're headed. Uh, Certainly, one of the reasons why they were doing everything themselves was they wanted to know who their market was. They wanted to get back some of that data. data. Uh, so we'll see. But that's going to be another huge part of what happens to digital comics in the manga in, yeah. uh, in last year and in the next year. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, I think it's more, more. you know, I mean, that's it. it. It's just been proven. Digital exposure means more sales in every channel. Yes, yes. Yeah. It and doesn't cannibalize. Yeah. It really brings more people into the mix. Yeah, I mean... It- I have to say this. I mean, I don't want to be a, a cheerleader for Comixology mindlessly, but they, <laughs> they, they're they doing well not because they're pulling a, a standard oil uh, trust kind of thing and wedging other people out of the market, but because nobody else's app is as good or convenient. Uh, yeah. And their promotion <laughs> is, is great. Like this year before Christmas, they had, you know, 12 days of Comixology. Mm-hmm. You go on, you get a free first issue of some major comic every right. day. Right. I mean, it, it drives the conversation. I mean, the I mean, just the way it, so many people came on, they crashed it when they were offering a giant pile of Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that was a little, that was probably one of the biggest stories of the year. Because yeah. I think that was a big wake-up call for both Marvel and Comicsology. Yeah, I think it let Marvel realize just how many people were interested in their stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, really and, amazing. And, and Marvel, unlike DC, and I don't know why DC doesn't do this, is very good with their digital backlist. Mm-hmm. I mean, partly it was started by their Marvel Digital Unlimited, which is a great program. But they, they scanned in so much of their back catalog that things that normally you would have to go to a Comic-Con and like dig through the bins to find, suddenly you can find online like this. And that kind of deep backstock can really drive sales. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Any other issues coming forward in the, in the last year? Um, well, yeah, it was a big year for Kickstarter. Crowdfunding yes. that continued. I actually have some statistics here from Kickstarter. Um, they had 1,377 comics projects launched and $12 million pledged to comics. Um, so that's a big year there you by go. any. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, it's amazing. I think a lot of people were realizing through Kickstarter that their audiences were more powerful than they oh, thought. Absolutely. I mean, I, I personally know of a, uh indie press that just got off the ground like a week ago, its Kickstarter ended, um, that made over $50,000 in a month to start from the ground up. They're like, okay, here are our three authors. Um, we have novels pledged from them, and if not, we can get novels from other people, right. but this is just money to start our company, and they got it. Mm-hmm. They yeah. got it fast. Well, look at Fantagraphics. And they, they had, they had nobody changer. who'd yeah. been I mean, in the industry before. Well, what you're talking about, and then obviously the, the, the Fantagraphics uh, uh, yeah. campaign on Kickstarter, this was a truly a game starter. This is where we see Kickstarter integrated within a publisher's business model. This is not just like... Something. That, I mean, well, I mean, I guess Fantagraph started out as yeah, I'm kind of a harebrained a scheme to hold oh my God, our pants are on fire. What are we going to do here? But really, this it has turned out to be well. a very thoughtful and really kind of a game changing move. Absolutely game changer. Where yeah. Kickstarter is strategically a part of your business plan going forward, not just for yeah. a book or two or a campaign or two, but perhaps for your entire list. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's your, really... the publisher you mentioned about, and also another publisher that we wrote about today. Uh, we wrote about this year uh, the new New Paradigm Studios that did mm-hmm. that the Watson and Holmes of Black mm-hmm. Sherlock series. They, the way they use digital and print together, the the whole um, uh, the whole uh, uh, dashboard of, of digital tools, yeah. kind of gives us a look as to where comics are going in the future. I mean, I think it's it's actually very helpful in some ways. I mean, some people are whining that it's like the begging bowl, but I actually feel like it's a great way of product testing. It's not. That, it's not begging. Well, it's no, just, it's just, no, just I know, selling. It's selling, but it's it's, it's exactly it's a way what of, it is. Of, its method of pre-selling allows people who don't have on their own the, the usual market testing tools that the big guys had to, to just test the waters before they invest a lot of time and money. And I think it will only help innovation and right. getting new stuff out there. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It, it, last year, was it last year that saw the first million-dollar comics project? It was last year, yes, Order of the but, Stick uh, on yeah, Kickstarter? Yeah, but you know, this yeah. year there were some huge ones also. I'm, I'm oh, looking, was, yeah. they I, actually I, sent the me. The one that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Code Monkey Save oh, that's World. that's the one I'm literally, yeah. like, yes, I have down here. Yes, uh, because, I mean, one, Greg Pak is an amazing comics yeah. person, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Coulton is a legend for a reason. Um and, uh, but I mean that was like, and a, it was it was the synergy was beautiful. Fred Gallagher got, and Mega Tokyo, the web comic slash print comic series, mm. raised two hundred and ninety thousand dollars to turn Mega Tokyo into a, a visual novel game. Well, I mean, I amazing. Mean, I mean, to be fair to, to 
to um, Mega Tokyo, that one was less surprising than a lot of them because Mega Tokyo has put in the years. Yes, he has. I mean, Mega Tokyo has been around for what twenty he, years? He's got I mean, the yeah, a long freaking time. Yeah, I'm looking here like Dresden Kodak for yes. that book. Oh, they raised yes. a half a million yes. dollars. Yes. Uh, Code Monkey raised uh, three hundred forty thousand dollars. <laughs> um, so you know, I mean, we're looking at a pretty significant funding for a lot of projects. For a lot of projects, and. Um, you know, I mean, this isn't going away. And but Fandographics, I mean, I will be very curious, because my understanding, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, is that there was kind of a non-aggression pact going on among indie publishers that they weren't going to do this. And, uh, you know, then Fantagraphics, the, the granddaddy of them all, kind of steps out. And I know quite a few people were Tough sort of like, whoa. Well, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, we all know our good friend Dan Nadell. You know, he, he had a rant, you know, that was going around in it for a while, a sort of anti-Kickstarter <laughs> Rap um, asking Gary Groff about that, and he and he really actually gave a very um, I thought an eloquent response to it. That you know, no, this is it's you know, regardless of what you know, some people may be ranting about. He says this is a way. This is a way within the capitalist system of really you know connecting with your readers, and that's really what it is. Because one of the things about Kickstarter is if people don't like what you have, if people don't think that you know what you're doing, they're they not going give to money. give you your money. Their money. Right. Right. Uh, and if they do like you, you don't need to put it in a store and hope they'll find it. You can talk to them directly. Yeah, and lot this, less wastage. This really, uh, this was this was a year I think that really changed uh, certainly in the indie comics world, probably about how Kickstarter looked to people. But really, even before this, I mean, you were seeing this happening. But yeah, I think but I think this year was when it really crept out of the baby indie market into something yeah. not something you do to start out. But just or when you nobody else wants your project, but as a, just a legitimate yeah. normal yes. and as a strategic stream. part of your publishing and, plan. And I think you know what will be interesting moving forward is how we see fulfillment houses for Kickstarter campaigns. Mm. Yes, that are thing. already already yeah. several have sprung up. Um, you know that are kind of fulfillment houses. You know, it's interesting with Fantagraphics is that you know they already had a very significant mail order business, yeah. so they were really. Well set up. Yeah, they, they, this was a no-brainer. For and, which mean, was Gary's response yeah, to much of the criticism, yeah. that well, this is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm really surprised is that none of the big print-on-demand houses have made a partnership with Kickstarter yet. Yeah. Well, I, I think some might be with Indiegogo. I think Kickstarter's trying not to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think, think they, they want to stay very but, independent. But and I would not be surprised to see some of these middlemen offering yes, these kinds of services. That's or, what you're going to see. Or, or, what I mean, or even if Kickstarter itself doesn't back them, that... That the big print-on-demand houses are not offering those middleman suit. I mean, well, services. Well, that, that depends. I, I would. Be, I, I don't. don't see I would not. Would. Yeah, I, I could not imagine why they would turn would turn down a good deal. Maybe someone just hasn't come up with a model yet that makes sense. I, I think it just has not occurred to them as something to do yet. But I suspect it will. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, oh, I, agree. I, I agree. think one of these days, Lulu or its ilk are going to say, hey, you know, you got a Kickstarter campaign, like, mm-hmm. blah, 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 here's our app, just fill this in and this in, and we'll just suck in all that tasty data. Right, uh, right. For, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you'll see this happening <laughs> and again. And I think, I think that's already begun to happen with Indiegogo, because I know they have some, some people that they're working for. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's the next phase for sure. Uh, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about, though, I mean, we're talking about the things that were, were you know, pr- progressive. This is a more specific story, uh, but I think it's really huge in that uh, one of the big stories of the year was that DC Comics announced that they are leaving New York yes. for good. And they had been dual coastal for quite a while, um, but that wasn't working out, and now they are going to be in Burbank, yeah. and that will be the end of the big two where yeah. you, you go across town and... 
you know, hit up all the editors. But I mean, <laughs> that era really was gone a long time ago. But it's a pretty significant change Thanks in philosophy. Thanks the magic I of email. I, I think that, in tandem with uh, another nostalgic uh, regret, the uh, ending of print sales. I mean, yeah. obviously, th- there are some comics that are still do, uh, yeah. delivering print comics to sales, but clearly, well, Marvel print, opting out. Print and, comics uh, are selling, just not on the newsstand. Just not on news. Excuse me, that's what I mean. The, not the newsstand sale of comics. Coupled with DC Comics leaving New York, uh, yeah, uh, partly nostalgia because this era actually right. ended many years ago where it was really an effective way right. um, to, to, to do freelance business. But um, you, you have to stop and pause because we're seeing this industry really transform itself what I, I right think before our eyes. What I think is going on is that people are becoming secure enough in the new model yeah. that they can let go of things that have died a while ago without feeling sad anymore. Well, I, but I... You know, they, they don't feel don't the need to that. cling. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's mean, going away whether you feel sad yeah, about it or I mean, not. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the, that the, the drive to cling to broken models is, is easing off a bit. Because there are things to to replace it. Well, you know, the, I, I think you, you you're you're not quite at the nail on the head, but you certainly have touched on what I think is really significant about this move is that DC has really been Diamond's partner for the last twenty years, the last thirty years, the direct sales market. You know, under Bob Wayne, who's been at DC for twenty five years, and Paul Levitz, DC's former publisher, and Jeanette Kahn. Uh, they really went in with uh, Diamond very close. I mean, uh, you know, there was even a clause that if Diamond went under, DC would buy them. I mean, there was yeah. all of these, uh, you know, this was a partnership. This was, you know, um, sure. Winston Churchill and FDR um, facing the Nazi menace. But uh, so... A measure of how little newsstand sales have met for many, many well, right, but I mean, this was dealing with with uh, you know the direct, the direct sales market. market. I mean, yeah. they totally shaped the direct sales market. Mm-hmm. I mean, they you know retailers. There was no one more beloved among older retailers than Bob Wing mm. and his policies that were set up at DC. Mm. Uh, you know, they, he's the one who invented this entire you know department that would call up comic shops and to get reorders. And I mean, it was a huge, huge, huge part of the comic shop culture. And with DC moving, I mean, the, there was a lot of people who were very heavily invested, as Kate alluded to, in keeping this entire system sort of running the same way it did. And, I mean, I wouldn't say it was necessarily broken, but it certainly, you know, it worked for D.C. Mm. to a certain extent. Um, But what you're going to see with D.C. moving, I mean, there's uh, going to be a huge turnover in their staff. It hasn't been announced who's going and who's staying. There's only rumors. But uh, it's uh, I keep hearing like maybe forty percent of the people yeah. aren't going to go. So that's a huge that's a big change. Yeah. That's a really and I mean it's a huge I, I change. Can only imagine how much that's going to shake up the industry. If it you've is got all these DC trained people migrating to other places and trying new things. Well, yes, or not finding a job. Well, but, I mean, yeah, a bunch of them won't. A bunch of them will end up somewhere else. But I mean, even if even if only like one in ten of forty percent goes on to do something significant and different in comics, that's still a big shake up. Yeah, but I think a more I think what's even more significant is that an entirely new culture is going to be running yeah. DC mm-hmm. Comics that has a completely different bat you know, they're from the West Coast, they're gonna be Warner Brothers people. I mean you already see them. A lot of the people who you know, mm-hmm. like Diane Nelson, for instance. And Yeah, but she's been there forever. Well, she hasn't been at DC. She has been running DC forever. She's been running DC forever. Two thousand nine. She's not a comics person by her own admission. She's completely out outside. But I mean, in the sense that yes, I I think we're seeing clearly a change in the corporate culture at DC, and and there are more changes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm going to say something 
controversial maybe. I don't think that we're <laughs> going to see uh, much of a change of anything significant that, I mean, from the consumer end at DC Comics until and unless Didio moves to some other job or position. Because, I mean, he, he, he very much has a very visible hand at DC. And you can see his way of doing things very visibly. You know, it's very distinct. And, I mean, I don't think that's changing or going anywhere uh, until and unless he moves on to greener pastures. Well, I'm not going to completely be on the, you know, it's Dan to Dio bandwagon, although obviously you're well, correct. I mean, he I'm is, not saying yeah, I mean, but for I'm, better and worse. No, I, I agree. Well, but, I, but, I mean, I think this is more than, this is way bigger than Dan to Dio. This is way more, because Dan is also of that same generation. You know, as much as he had changes um, you know, for the sake of change, and and uh, you know, did a lot of things that have been very successful. Whether mm-hmm. we like it or not, they were some very of them successful. have been very successful. Yeah, but most of them have. Well, you oh, know, yeah. this is an entire topic. You know, we should well, do a whole Dan well, you know, Thread or Menace uh, um, podcast. Well, I, I would say that he's made a lot of of really great corporate decisions, and some of his artistic decisions yes. are controversial but, and questionable. But he certainly knows how to play the market. But yeah. but yes, he's he's great at the market. Yes. There's no question that he's great yes. at the market. And yes. so. Uh, kind of his job. Yeah. And well, that, but he's doing two things, and that's one job. And anyway, mm-hmm. Just, yeah. moving on. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, this is bound to be a very big change, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll be very interesting to see who arises on the West Coast, you know, like Jim Lee or Jeff Johns, Hank Canals. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of very talented execs out there. Well, yeah, very but I mean, there are, there, are, there are a lot of comic book people on the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a whole West Coast comic book <laughs> well, culture. As a matter of fact, there's going to be more. <laughs> There's going to be a well, lot somebody, more on the West Coast. As somebody said, uh, you know, Kyle Baker, uh, the uh, cartoonist, the incredibly witty cartoonist um, who's been bi-coastal himself, uh, I think it was on Facebook, as people were weighing their decisions whether to go or not, said, look, do you want to be the fattest person on the West Coast? <laughs> <laughs> mean, mean, mean. There you go. Well, there you go. Uh, well, even this, uh, it's interesting. I mean, uh, you mean David Hyde's new uh, promotional business, Superfans. Yes. Uh, he's in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody's in L.A. You know, um, there you go. Except for all the people who aren't. Um, yeah, but man, they're leaving. I, I just heard let, some more people just up and left to go yeah. and move to L.A. Like, uh, All right, let, let's, let's sort of yes. segue to another topic. I'm going to throw one out here that I think is one of the more important topics of 2013. Um, uh, um, society of Military is just taking over MoCA. I, um, I don't and, think that's one of the more important, but it is interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I'll, well, I'll tell you why. I think Mocha was a show in trouble. I think it's a New York show. I think it's really one of the one of the great uh, All those uh, are true. comics festival shows. Uh, I've never seen a show that was so well attended and so apparently despised by everyone, mm-hmm. um, and that seems to be changed. Um, Society of Illustrator has brought tremendous professionalism and resources to yeah. the show, which I think no is question. a really terrifically important show. Yeah, and I think. I think I, what that, that does, uh, you know, even if you don't think that's an important story, I think the rise of the calf is a absolutely. very yes. important I, story. I think the rise of the calf absolutely. is a bigger story. I mean, I feel like Mocha seems very big to us because it's a huge thing in New York. It's a huge thing. But I don't know that on globally in the comics industry that it's that the changeover in management in Mocha really means that much to somebody in Portland. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not world-shakingly huge, although everything you said is true about 
about well, how great it was. It affects Roca. people in Portland because they had a stinky show called Stumptown that they all shut down and started yeah. a new one because yeah. they didn't think it was as good. You know? I, I so. don't think anyone wants to see Mocha disappear. No, no, no. no and no, no, nor no. to become a show that you go to just because you have to and you drag your ass across the country or across town well, to think, go to it. Yeah, and I think what's very interesting about the Society of Illustrators Mocha team up is that, you know, Mocha as an institutional space. Definitely that has been, you know, lessened, although they do have great shows there. Um, mm. But, you know, I mean, as we've said before, it's essentially a tall hallway leading to the toilets. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not the greatest display ever, the, as was not the, the old mocha. Yeah, but, you exactly, know, yeah. But at the same time... But the downstairs space, yes. both of the downstairs places offer a great location yes. for, for exhibitions. And, but I think what also Society of Illustrators got out of it is... Um, you know, they put on whole a whole new of market. Events. A whole new market, exactly. <laughs> well, Huge and, numbers of followers that that uh, will, are going to follow Mocha up there yeah. into their. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think. Yeah, I well, do think it's important. It was it was a natural combination. Yeah. I mean, yeah. traditional illustration is going down a bit. It's it's not what it was when Society of Illustrators was sure. was founded. Sure. And yet, you know, here's comics and graphic novels and graphic storytelling. Being basically illustration and being wildly popular, so it's a, a natural expansion. And it was a natural overlap an between overlap. cartoonists and illustrators yeah. over the course of its whole yeah. existence. So just or most by of saying, for the purposes of the society of illustrators, comic art, artists count, makes perfect sense. Yeah. But your point, Heidi, to the rise of the calf, absolutely. Oh the yeah, that's huge. No. That's uh, huge. Mocha being, I guess, a, you know, really, more, you know, one of the Ur uh, comics and art TCAF. festivals and TCAF yeah. is, but but the the rise of this and really uh, really the amazing growth of, of comic shows of all kinds. Well, I was going to say that is definitely a big story for me. It's yeah. just that yeah. comics convention culture is everywhere. It's just exploding. I think people are becoming people who might not be as hardcore are becoming aware that it's a thing you can go to. It's a thing you can do. And that can only help the comic yeah. industry. And I mean, I don't even think it's like, I mean, I think maybe they became aware last year, but it, or in 2012, but in 2013, they went. Yeah. You know, there was a bunch yeah. of new People shows. Go. First year or second yeah. year shows that were huge. Yes. Like Denver had a second year show. They claimed they had 70,000 people there. There was definitely... Mm. Uh, people not allowed in, overcrowding, fire marshals, blah, 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 blah. That was a familiar story. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's gone from a dirty little secret to, you know, a fun time you can take all your friends yeah. to. Yeah. And even the mega cons. I mean, obviously, I yeah. mean, New York Comic Con, obviously, now is bringing in, you know, roughly the same number of people as San Diego mm -hmm. is. Um, uh, sky's the limit, or so it seems. Well, I, I'm currently hoping that uh, New York Comic Con um, gets the same kind of shadow shows that uh, San Diego gets because that would just be amazing. Yeah. Because if you can't expand within the Javits, just expand outside. Mm -hmm. Well, I think when you see the uh, expansion of the 7 train to the Javits, which I suppose oh, this is going to be huge. It is going to be huge. This and is Hudson, going to be huge. Hudson Yards, I mean, basically, there is going to be a beautiful full service development right next door to the Javits. This is going to be huge. Yeah. And this may, in fact, change at least some of the perceptions of Javits. When you can hop out of the subway and you're across the street from yeah. the place. And then you can walk and have uh, decent food, like, right around the corner. Yeah. This is going to be huge yeah. for Well, for, I mean, for it will be huge, culture. but on the other hand, the MTA is infamous for taking forever to build anything. So, when they build that train, I will celebrate. Until the day that it opens, well, you know, Bloomberg I will not. Well, went for a ride yeah. on it. Well, theoretically, it's supposed to be open yeah. by summer, but yeah. it's probably not yeah. going to open until the fall. Year. But yeah. you never, you know, yeah. I can see it being open by New York Comic Con yeah. next year. But it's, 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 we'll well, see. If, if it is, I will celebrate because there is <laughs> there is nothing worse than taking a giant bag full of 
of con booth supplies, uh, not only on the subway, but then off the subway and walking like four long blocks yeah. from Harold Square. So I mean, that's it's a pain in the butt. That's the worst. And the yeah. other was like being stuck there with no food except for what yeah. Kate brings, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> <and> <laughs> which, which, you know, like uh, pro tip to anyone going to New York Comic Con until they build actual buildings around the Javits. Um, bring your food, you will have more money for comics and more time to buy them. Yeah, I'm sure when the subway's put up and Hudson Yards is up, there'll be a fairway right across the street. So, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, I, it'll, it'll be amazing. It'll be great. There you go, comics fan. Yeah. Better days That's are coming. That's my dream. That's my <laughs> new dream. I, I, I dream for, for that, too. I, not only do I dream of that, <laughs> I, I dream of, like, you know, the Sundance Slam Dance thing going on. Like across the street at, at some coffee shop. Maybe we can and get a New York trickster going. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Uh, All right, let me throw something out. I'd, I'd like to, if just for a second, the um, two book prizes in 2013. Yeah, Gene Yang uh, being nominated yet again for the National Book Award for Young People's Literature He's for Boxers a great and Saints. Year. Uh, really great and he was he the first it. comics artist right. to be nominated for uh, a, a National Book Award for Young People's Literature uh, for uh, American-born Chinese yeah. in uh, what, 2006, I believe. Yeah. And also Sammy Harkin um, winning the L.A. Times Book Prize for Graphic Novels. Yeah, you can't underestimate that. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, published by Picture Box. I, I just think... Tremendous. I think he was going up against Chris Ware's Building Stories and um, Alison Bechtel. Yeah. So I... I I yeah, but I would, you know, I would, uh, I would throw out. in there um, uh, Brian and Mary Talbot winning the the Costa Prize. Oh, that's oh, yeah. true. In the UK, yes, which is really actually Good very point. significant because that is a major literary prize that is um, like you know the equivalent. It's not quite like our our, our National Book Awards, but um, it's very very Close. high. And it was and for them, I mean, they won outright. They won mm. their category. Yeah. They didn't win like they didn't win the special yeah award, no special, special award. award no. yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, they didn't. They didn't yeah. get the uh, booby prize. The yeah. we don't want to consider graphic novels for a big award. So here, go into this mini, I, mini category. I would actually award. say that I think England is really going through a big change right now because for a long time they've had Judge Dredd and that's it, you know, and uh, Judge Dredd and the Beano. Um, and I think the win of, of, of the daughter of her father's eyes, I think that kind of yeah. really put the books on yeah. well, a higher I, literary level there. Well, well certainly I mean, I, I some think, of the best young publishers are seem yeah. to be coming out of Britain right yeah. now. Oh, right. I mean, I think for a long time, there were, there were a lot of comic creators coming out of Britain, but they were basically exporting their work. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. were going through American publishers because that's where the market yeah. was. And so now they're getting their own publishers. Yeah. And that's good. Cool. Self-made hero and no brow. And yeah, they're, uh, they're there are others. Blank like slate. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, they're yeah. great. Uh, and and really... just at the end of the year, a uh, book came out. This really great, um, uh, the Encyclopedia of Early Earth by Isabel Greenberg, oh, which yeah. was published by yes, um, um, I think Jonathan Cape, which is the yeah. mainstream publisher there, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know got publisher. some got some uh, pretty good reviews and. A lot of notice, and so I mean, I think that's a very uh, exciting development because you know whatever the Brits do, Americans want to do. <laughs> you know, we just love you know imitating those Brits, and you know, with our tea and our uh, you know royals and all that. So. There you go. <laughs> so um, I'm going to mention one book. This is not my not um, the, the books I want to mention of my least. Should should get more attention, but just I just think because of how successful it was, just very briefly, March book one um, by oh, yeah. uh, Representative John right. Lewis, um, um, Nate Powell, the artist, uh, and Andrew Iden who uh, wrote it. Just I mean, 
I'm it sorry. It became a classic immediately. It's such yeah. a, a heroic effort. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Yeah. I just well, think I that's think, but I, I mean, point. you know, I think we mentioned it before here, and uh, it was really an example of a plan that was executed perfectly and got so much attention. Uh, you know, we've we've talked. I'm waiting for book two. Yeah, yeah, yes. and and we've all talked about you know the Oprah moment, the dream of Oprah. You know, picking up a graphic novel and recommending it for her book club, and you know now there isn't even an Oprah, so the dream yeah. outlasted that. But I think March. You know, it was on. Um, it was on Colbert. It was yes. on uh, uh, Rachel Maddow. I mean, yeah. it was on TV all the time. It got so yeah. much attention and and uh, well deserved. And uh, well deserved. And to yeah. see and in this this basically American hero to see John Lewis and to get a chance to meet him. I mean, I saw lines at yeah. Comic Con snaking down the hallway in every direction, to waiting to just get a few minutes in front of that guy and shake his hand and say uh, uh, and thank him for his sacrifices. Uh, it was really uh, uh, just breathtaking to yeah. see. And he had the yeah. best line of the year when I saw him at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, you know, because he jumped right in there and went on all the comics. And, you know, we all joke about how bad Comic-Con is. And, and I think I went out, you know, Andrew was there. And I said, I'm like, oh, you know, which is which is worse, you know, Comic-Con or, you know, marching for civil And he said... I think it was the March for so. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. yeah, so that was my dumbest moment of the year. All but right. he didn't miss a beat. There you he go, was, yeah. He was just like, uh, Well, <laughs> he also revealed himself to probably be the best sport in, Cong yeah, in Congress ever. Yeah, uh, he really. Yeah, in any event. Um, so, you know what? Let's talk about a couple of other creators because we really sure. haven't talked about that. Sure. You know, it was a banner year for Gilbert Hernandez. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. he really slayed it. He had five books come out. Mm. They were all oh, amazing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Marble, uh, Marble Season, yeah. uh, Julio's Day, uh, Maria M, Love and Rockets, and there's one that I don't even remember the title of. <laughs> he had so many great books come out yeah. and uh, got a lot of attention for them. And, you know, really, he's our... You know, he's our uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Yeah, he, he really is, is such a great novelist, yeah. and um, you he know, he has almost nothing in common with Gabriel Garcia Marquez no, except know. for being of the same ethnic group. Well, no, they're both and being a great writer. Actually, they both discussed they're both magic realists. Yeah, I mean, they've there's yeah, a lot of yeah. There's been a lot of yeah. discussion of uh, that yeah. tradition, which is a Latin tradition. And, and a break it that. is a Latin tradition, tradition, but they're not very much like each other. It just feels and uh, never mind. I, I, <laughs> This is what we bring you the friction, folks. <laughs> That's what fans is how fans talk. Um, well, certainly the, 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 the magic realism has been a discussion around his work. He's discussed it. He's discussed his relationship yeah. with with uh, Marquez. So you know, even if maybe they aren't the same, they're certainly they certainly seem to share you know, a platform. Kate is to some correct. Degree. It's an easy comparison. Absolutely, it's absolutely. a very easy comparison. But, yes, absolutely. So you know, I'm sure we can find better ones. Yes, yeah. so, but so who can, would you can... compare him to, Kate? Well. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really an expert in either, but I've just read enough of each to be like, there's not much similarity in style. Um, I mean, the Hernandezes are very earthy in their style. I mean, they're they're kind of they're well, definitely coming out of of the among other things the uh, American comics with an X tradition. I mean, it's it's the feel is very different. Well, I do think that probably some of the way that um, uh, uh, the way that Gilbert uh, portrayed in the book uh, Palomar, I think many people obviously connect that with, you know, with the, with the village life, you know, say in the 100 Years of Solitude. Mm. I agree, they're not the same, uh, but it is, for better or for worse, uh, they've certainly have been dragged into make. the same discussion, yes. for sure. Um, uh, but anyway, he yes. had a great year and uh, really deserved sure. to be saluted for it, so... 
Um, just looking back, I, I, just a couple of books that I think uh, deserved more attention uh, than I think that they got. First of all, um, James Romberger and Marguerite Van Cook's uh, Seven Miles a Second, uh, a spectacular biography of uh, the late artist uh, uh, David Wanarovich. If you're not familiar with David, and I knew him a little bit back in the day, uh, he was a phenomenal artist, really multimedia performance artist who did a variety of things. Probably best known for his gallery art, but uh, he died of AIDS, I believe, in the early '90s. But for uh, the time, he was an amazing shooting star of talent. But he also uh, was an artist uh, that decided to just to stand up to a, a climate that was absolutely oppressive to gay people. This was the early years of the AIDS crisis, uh, when the government was not only the federal and state governments, but the municipal governments were ignoring the fact that people were dying. His, his memoir is one of the great, uh, in my humble opinion, one of the great autobiographies in American literature, I, I, without exception. Uh, I think that this new edition of the book, they were able to, I mean, Jeanette Kahn published this book in the, in, um, the, in the 90s. I couldn't believe that a mainstream comic book publisher would publish it. Uh, they brought it back now and done some things more of what the authors originally wanted. Um, it's just a great book. Uh, go out Points and buy to everyone involved. It didn't get attention that it deserved. It kind of, kind of got published in a black hole of time, kind of at the end of one year, at the beginning of the, mm. the other. But Seven Miles a Second, uh, really worth it. <laughs> go out and buy it. And if I could mention one more book really quickly, Joe Sacco's The Great War, On the Great War. This thing is amazing. Um, I, I don't know how long it is. What is it, 24 feet? It's a fold-out... Um, it's a panoramic view of the one of the initial great battles of, of the uh, First World War. Um, is it comics? Is it not? You know what? I'll tell you, it's sequential. <laughs> it is sequential. Yeah. If you start at one side of this book, he takes you step by step through everything that happened that day in that horrific battle. More than 20,000 men died on the first day of the war. And, the, and this whole drawing slash sequential image... Um, outlines all the things that they did wrong that led to it being one of the most horrific days of war ever. Yeah. Beautifully illustrated, uh, tells a story with pictures only. Um, the Great War by um, Joe Sacco, published by uh, Norton. Check it out. Um, one thing that slipped by my radar uh, until, I, until issue two had been out for quite some time, but I'm really enjoying uh, and somehow did not get the promotion that I would have expected from that creator or from Image was um, Brubaker's Velvet, which can best be described as um, sort of a James Bond pastiche, but not in a jokey way. Uh, basically, the Velvet, the uh, money penny figure, is left to investigate the death of uh, Jefferson Keller, the James Bond figure, and of course there's spies and conspiracies and dark histories and it's it's really extremely exciting i think it's the most gripping and exciting and least navel gazing work out of rubaker in a while yeah and you know i i honestly i realized looking back that i read I, I was so busy writing about comics, I barely read any. I mean, I read a few, which <laughs> I talked happen. about. That can happen. I'm sympathetic. It is, and I've talked about a lot here, but, uh, you know, that is one of my New Year's resolutions, is really to get back in the horse and uh, read them, because as you know, they're read piling up comics. around. Read it's, more it's comics. It's such a hard yeah, thing. People, I know we seem like we have the best jobs in the world, and 
we do. But you know what? It can become very hard to read. Uh, you have to read the books you have to write about, yeah. and it becomes very hard to read yeah. anything else. And, um, <laughs> you know, I want to, let's see, did I have any other notes down here? Um, you know what? I see we're getting, uh, running out of time. I want to mention two other things just really quickly. Um, definitely the use of comics in education, the rise of comics Good in point. libraries. Um, I think more to come on that. We've talked yes. about that quite a bit. Um, Good point. I think a lot of attention was paid to that, but I, I, I think the best is yet to come on that. And, you know, on a sad note, I mean, the passing of Kim Thompson definitely oh, was a yes. huge, huge yes, thing. Yes, yes. And, I mean, you know, I, I, it is like, you know, people pass away. But, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes, like with the Steve Jobs uh, or uh, Jim Henson, when they pass away, it, it really is a news story in and of itself. Yes. And, and uh, Kim was irreplaceable. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. And I think the more time goes by, the more that's being realized by um, people. And, um, you know. The, it, it, yeah. it sent, you know waves to the industry, not necessarily in a we-miss-him way, although that too, but in just unexpected consequences of the fact that this part of the ecosystem is not there anymore. Right, right. So, do we want to look ahead real quick to 2014? Yeah, let's definitely look ahead. Um, I've got a couple of books down here, or things that I've heard about that I think okay. are coming. I mean, you're, you're putting together our do, announcement have, issue, I so do. you've, got, have, the, you've got the goods. I'm here. Let me just read a couple. Okay. Um, but, uh, no, uh, well, you know, let's hear, let's hear what you have to tell uh, me. Well, um, I, I understand Jillian and Mariko Tamaki have a new book coming out. Uh, I believe it's in May. Uh, a new novel. This yes. one summer, something yes, like that? Yes, and yeah. uh, you know what? That's one I've started reading, and oh my God, it's unbelievable. Oh, so, great. Good, good call there. All right, awesome. Um, I've got others on my list here too. Um, I'm curious about the the Felipe Smith. Uh, oh, he's yeah. a fan favorite around here, and he's he's going to be the new writer on Ghost on Ghost Rider, which I can't wait to see that. I'm sure he's going to have an interesting take. Hey, you on know, it. big ups to Marvel for taking it. For high, yes, yeah, you know, yeah, and they hired uh, Trad Moore, who's done all yes. the work for Image yeah. to be the artist. So yeah. you know what? They're trying different things, and you've got to give them some some points for that. And I'll throw out very one more thing, very quickly. Uh, Ron Wimberly, I'm a big fan of his. Yes, uh, I have too. not read Profit, but I've read so much about it. But he's going to be one of the artists. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they're still doing that cyclical thing where they had a, a number of artists that were doing it. Right. But he's going to join it, uh, the rotation. And so uh, Ron is um, uh, most recently Prince of Cats and, and an yeah. incredibly imaginative hip-hop take on Shakespeare. So, that got, was criminally ignored. Another book that didn't get the attention ignored. it deserved. Yeah. We're going to get him on the podcast. It didn't get yeah. the promotion. Yeah, as an interview. Yeah. But you know, you know what? I've seen his name on a lot of lists of people that they want to see more of. Yeah. Um, so, Kate, what are your big picks for 2014? Well, um, frankly, one book that I've been following since it started and has sort of not come out as often as it should have, but I'm waiting for it to rev up, is I really enjoyed Caitlin Kitteridge's books. And Coffin Hill seems to have a promising start, but it's not fulfilling on that promise yet because it's too early. And I'm just really, I'm like, okay, let's get to the meat of the story. Right. Like, I can't wait to see this grow into something great, which I hope it will yeah. in the coming year. That's And of course, obviously, as I mentioned before, um, Code Monkey, because I was already yeah. a huge fan of Greg Pak and of Jonathan Fulton. And so I'm just like... Give it to me. Yeah. I can't well, wait for it out. I would say uh, it's very obvious, but uh, the biggest book, uh, most anticipated book of 2014, might just be Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. Of course. And that of is uh, what Battling Boy was the 2013, Seconds will be the 2014. It's of a course. huge book by a huge creator that's been in the oven for a long time. And. Uh, Definitely yeah. be looking yeah, for that. Absolutely. That is definitely one of the That's the book events. of the year. Yeah, That's what everybody's waiting to see, no doubt. Yeah. We'll see. And, you know, I will just on 
as quickly as I can, uh, just very fast. I mean, I noticed on my Facebook feed that, um, you know, everybody was doing their end-of-year posts. And I have to say, it's a big downer. I saw, so I think this is actually, even though things are going great guns in so many ways, I feel like I saw so many cartoonists talking about uh, what a hard year they had. And even, you know, Derek Kirk Kim, who we all love, said, that's it, he's giving up comics. Because, you know, his books aren't selling and he's giving it up. And, I mean, you know, maybe Wait, he was just... Wait, what? Like, what? Was, I didn't see this. There's that Facebook, you know. I mean, so... Uh, I mean, maybe he's just a little sad that day, but I mean, it went on. There was a long conversation with a lot of people. But after wow. this year, he had in comics, he didn't get the wow. Yeah. Wow, I, that's but, amazing. I mean, well, you know, his he, I mean, his book is going to be on uh, World Book Night. I mean, now no, Derek not Kirk Kim. Der, well, yeah, 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 with Tune. Well, sorry about that. It came too late. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Anyway, um, I'm still stunned. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I, there's, you know, uh, there's he, uh, tunes not selling. I see yes, that. I think that's part of the problem. But, um, I, but he's not the only one. I saw this from a lot of people, yeah. and I mean, I think the dream has been alive for a lot of people, and they've been like living on, you know, hope. half a hope and half a not even a whole bowl of ramen, yeah. you know, half a bowl yeah. of ramen for a long time to make these dreams come true. And I, I don't think it's just comics. I think it's everything. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the the uh, economic times are very strange for a lot of people, but um, I think you're going to see some attrition. On the other hand, I mean, in the long comics, march, it's been my experience that comics people give up comics yes. on a regular basis. Yeah, they do. They do. And uh, until they get their, times. until they, that's what I, my point. <laughs> until they get another project that they decide they want to do. So, uh, and I think, and one thing we did mention, a book that I, I think will get some attention uh, uh, this year is uh, Dan Goldman. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. coming out, uh, Red Light Properties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan gave comics up multiple mm -hmm. times, yes. and we're going to be doing an author profile of him. And one of the things he's going to be talking about is kind of being one of the early it guys mm -hmm. in the book trade, kind of hitting a wall, getting very discouraged, and and coming back to comics. So yeah, yeah. But so, I, but sad I, to hear, right? Well, but of I, course. I mean, you know, I'm not I, making Dan, light of it. Dan is very uh, open about his own struggles. Yes, absolutely. Know? No, and yes, so, yes. Um, you know, I mean, that's just how it is. Yes, I mean, that, has anybody that, seen Inside Lewin Davis? Not to. If I'm, I kept, you know, we got, I, we couldn't get tickets the other night, but I'm going to well, see it. Well, <laughs> after you see it, you'll understand it's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, highly yeah. recommend it. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's always, there's always people who sit out down in the long march. But, uh, you know, no question that 2014 will be another jam packed yeah. year for comics. More comic book movies coming out, more yes. comic book TV shows coming out, more comics on the internet, more comics everywhere. Yeah, well, this. Good for us. Yes. <laughs> There'll be plenty to talk about. Yes, because there's going to be more to come.